0: I would like to welcome everybody to conversation with a cancer season two episode two and today i got another wonderful guest another beautiful black woman someone who just jumped on my radar and i immediately i tried to i think i gave like a courtesy like 45 minutes or so maybe i took a whole day before i sent her a message but uh <laughs> <laughs> she had re- responded to something i did on twitter and uh we immediately just started being chatty. So I would like to introduce Silk, say hello to the people.
1: Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me on today.
0: Oh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on. So first and foremost, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing okay. I can't complain about a thing. It's cold and snowy here, but Mm. I'm all right.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's cold and snowy here too. I'm tired of looking at all this white but you know so we are in winter time but we also are still in a pandemic so how are you doing with the pandemic
1: you know what i'm good now like i at first it was like an abrupt stop for me i'm a i was i'm a blogger fashion blogger and um used to go around my city and just do all types of things and uh, write about them. So, you know, when everything started to shut down, I was like sitting at home, kind (laughs) of (laughs) bored. Got an air fryer, air fried everything, watched everything on Netflix, did coloring books, like was just doing the most. And now I guess I kind of settled into it and um, now I'm Get him back into um well I'm a, well once this snow starts to melt mm-hmm. and it gets a little, you know, less below zero, um a little warmer, then I'll start going back out and you know having fun again, vlogging. I'm taking baby steps now, but
0: okay. Okay. You know, okay.
1: I'm doing okay with it.
0: So you said you were doing coloring books. You you have kids or you were just coloring yourself? <laughs>
1: I was color. I was so I'm not an online shopper, right? Mm-hmm. But um like when I, I'm a shopaholic. So when this okay. when everything shut down, I couldn't go nowhere. I couldn't shop. That's my number one like stress reliever. I couldn't do anything. So I broke down and um got an Amazon account and I was like, I don't even know what to buy on Amazon. And I was just searching for anything and fashion coloring books came up and I was like you know what I'm gonna do this and I think I colored like one page and I was like "Eh." (laughs) yeah that's
0: that's the first for me I never heard somebody say I I never had I don't do online shopping but the first thing I bought was a coloring book that's definitely a first for me (laughs) (laughs)
1: i was so scared i was so scared to buy clothes like i i'm I'm literally a a personal stylist so i shop for a living and like i need to touch feel like feel the stress. like i need to see in front of me these clothes i I, i still have a hard time buying online although i have like i'll buy accessories and something like safe but like shoes and my my outfits no i
0: it's 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 too
1: risky
0: oh wow okay well that's that's very important that you said that because we kind of started talking be kind of I had this thing about food and movies and television and you made a comment about well let me say what it was I said (laughs) one of my pet peeves in movies and television is them using real food and wasting it and then you responded with uh you don't know what you're talking about let me get you together okay you didn't say that now <laughs> you said uh that most of the time they use props and it's not the real thing in there and some of it may be real but most of the time from your experience that it was it's prop so that makes me want to ask you who is silk how to let's before we get to what we were just discussing what who is silk tell me about silk i know you like clothes but tell me a little bit more
1: So um I am let's see I'm from Cleveland 38 I have a son he's nine he'll be 19 on Saturday actually and um I am a stylist I write I um I do everything but sew I don't sew at all but I love everything to do with like fashion and and um style I think um that's very big distinction, like cause it's it's you know, fashion is what you wear, but style is how you wear it. So um a lot of the jobs that I do depend on what I guess what it is that actual person is looking for. Cause I could do anything from personal styling to shopping to costume design, um, um wardrobe styling and and they're all different things, runway styling or styling for shows for um like local fashion shows so i've done them all and i love them all differently but right now i am a personal stylist for a um for a online company i'll just say that i work for all online um,
0: okay. Fashion company. okay so how does one get into being a stylist? Like, is that something you did when you was little? Like when your mom was getting ready to go out she put on some brown heels with a purple dress, she was like, wait a minute, I don't look right. Like, let me get you together before you go. Mm-hmm. Or was it something you just knew later on in life as you start growing up? Like, You know, I'm, I'm into styling, I'm into clothes, I'm into quote unquote, want to help because you are helping people when you do things like that. So mm-hmm. is that something that you always wanted to do or did you fall into it? Was something just- happen to just fall in place for you
1: so it was a mix of like all of that like when you think back you um you know connect the dots to your career and stuff or to the things that you are doing now i used to play with barbies a lot but i didn't really like i'll create storylines for them based on their outfits and like everything was more so based around the outfit they were wearing instead of like, you know, playing regular like house and they're in their, their barbie court. No, they're actually going somewhere. And the theme of the day is this. And I would literally like write little stories about them. And then I used to draw and stuff and um, write like other little stories. And I always illustrate my own characters. Mm. And I used to dress real, real weird in light like school, all through school. And then when I got to college though, so, um, like my weirdness was embraced. I went to a HBCU and, and um, Central State University. Okay. And from there, like every day was a fashion show. So we all dressed and like, it was fun. I started um, styling some of my classmates for like, we would have um, like business days where we have to dress up on Wednesdays like a lot of them did not know how to dress up like business attire. So we would I would we would go to like the local Goodwill and put outfits together for them. And from there, I didn't really know it was styling back then, but that's what it was. And once I graduated, I thought I was gonna, you know, write for double XL sale of the stores because I'm very much into hip hop. But um I actually started working for a store a a fast fashion store called Dots, working Mm. in the plus size section. I started working with um, plus size women, like getting their outfits together for like $20 or under. (laughs) And that was just like a lot of fun. And from there I started doing like, selling for fashion shows, local fashion shows, and just doing my own thing. And it just all kind of branched from there. And that was like, years ago I also went to fashion school um and that's where things really took off because I was like getting the education like outside of the actual classrooms I was doing my own thing I was doing my own shows and participating in designer shows where it's usually just designers I was only stylists participating so
0: um
1: I got known around my city for doing stuff like
0: that that's you know before I address everything you just said, I'm surprised you know, I have never ran into each other before up until this point, because I do fashion shows. Not, not I don't walk. I'm I'm not a model or anything like that, but I help put on a fashion show at least two a year. And I'm just surprised I've never came across you in that circle. So maybe that's just that Hearing how you talk about you've been around and you start like, I'm just surprised. I just and we probably know some of the same Where people. Yeah, we
1: probably do. Where you? Where the show that you usually do?
0: So you ever heard of Connie Pickard? Yeah, I I've been doing her show for I say maybe the past three or four years. What about um, Walkie Wear Uh, Productions?
1: Oh my gosh, that was like um, one of the last shows that I actually blogged at. Von Glover is like, in fact, I've I've been. Out of fashion for like the whole little pandemic thing. And Von Glover actually called me and like checked on me. And I thought that was the sweetest thing ever because he was just like, you know, we haven't seen you. And people are wow. asking about you. I'm like, oh, because I used to be at all the shows and stuff. And I just thought that was the sweetest thing ever. But yeah, I've, and it's funny because um I want to say like a little bit before the pandemic, Connie had a show and I was supposed to go blog at it but something came up and I didn't make her show. And it was about to be the first show that I, of hers that I was going to attend and then everything happened. But that is so crazy. Like it is such a-
0: So we have ran into each other, just probably crossed shoulders and didn't even know. Wow.
1: Didn't wow. even know. And usually my hair is a lot brighter purple. It's, it's purple, mm-hmm. but it's like a dark purple. But usually my hair is a brighter purple. So if you see me, we
0: see like that, it's so crazy wow wow Wow! so okay so back to what you were saying um so i just that's very detailed how you were saying that you were to. well side note i used to play with my sister's barbies too i used to get my my action figures and i used to just had them come out as the uh as the manager but that's here and there um but (laughs) i used to just take them and make up storylines for them and to like that's really a detail-oriented person like at a young age like for you to be like you know what I want this particular Barbie to have her own identity her own story and things about nature so that's really cool so you know I gotta ask so if you were doing these things at an early age what was your wardrobe like because you know we young we don't get to buy on clothes we get what our parents buy for us so like what was your wardrobe like?
1: see i'm not gonna lie to you my mama was cool like she so I'm. Um, i was born here in cleveland but um we moved around a lot and i lived down south i live in alabama and i lived in georgia and i'm the only child so my mother mm. she very much like indulged me and i remember um it must have been like maybe third or fourth grade whenever mc hammer was hot okay okay and uh, Alabama. I, we was living in in this small town called Gason, Alabama. And I wanted these MC Hammer pants so bad. Like, and who in in Alabama is selling some MC Hammer pants? You know the baggie.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> no,
1: my, my mother made me a pair of polka dot MC Hammer pants and wow. I boldly wore them to my private Christian school. <laughs> and so like that, like I if it made me happy, I would wear it. And so, you know, being dark skinned and being like, I'm I'm not even tall, but back then I guess I was considered tall because I'm like five, seven and a half. But back <laughs> then, like I've always been five seven, I feel
0: like. <laughs> so
1: um I always stood out. So mm-hmm. I always wore bright colors, neons. Like I was, yeah, I was wearing the spice girl boots in high school. Like I wasn't dressing like like, I wasn't wearing name, bread I wasn't wearing a Tommy girl. I wasn't wearing a guest. I wasn't wearing none of that. I was wearing whatever. I was vintage shopping back then, like, before it was cool. I was shopping at thrift stores with my grandmother and, like, piecing stuff together and seeing what I could find that, that would make me look different. I wanted to look different. I wanted to stand out because I was already getting looked at. So, I'm like, I'm going to give you something to look at.
0: Right. I know that's right. Yeah. I, uh, I went to a... Uh, catholic school too so i know what that's like i know what that's like Mm. i know what what that's like but (laughs) um that's dope though because my mom had four kids and i always tell people like my mom never bought me any name brand shoes until i i didn't get my first pair of nikes till i was in the sixth grade but i remember my mother would just buy me things that i did like and did want but shoes just wasn't one of them she was real particular like i'm not buying you this i guess she must have knew i probably would have dog walked them but um <laughs> i think that's dope that See, she I made you
1: some...
0: ball. oh okay
1: yeah hey ball. so my dad he made like i i didn't like my dad he was he wasn't in the house with me but like he made sure like oh you play ball or you're gonna have some you're not gonna have these la gears You
0: probably... <laughs> <laughs> hey i had them no,
1: uh <laughs> my la gears on later i had some uh
0: i don't even think i had either one of those i had some xj like 900 or 9000 it was a payless and payless joints that light up (laughs) i thought i was killing with the two velcro straps and the light but you know as you get older and people like what are those you know we were saying what are those in the 90s way before that was cool so um yeah yeah that was really difficult for me so in in the field that you in there's gotta be some ups and some downs because in order for you to be a stylist for someone and not only yourself you have to put yourself out there and hopefully someone would give you a chance so what is that like for you what are some of the ups and downs of being a stylist let alone a blogger because I used to blog so I know all about that but talk a little bit about Mm -hmm. you know transitioning from okay this is what I want to do now let me see if I can find someone and let me do it for them
1: So I'm not gonna lie to you. Like that was the hardest part. Cause I mean, and I think that's kind of why I started like it went hand in hand. I had to blog cause I had to educate people on what a stylist does. Cause for a long time people thought I did hair. Um, Mm. I'm like, I'm a kitchen, kitchen, beautician. I do my own hair, but no, I can't dress you though. But then, you know, people not knowing what that, that was like, they would get offended. Like, what do you mean? you want to style me, you want to dress me, like I can dress myself, I know how to dress, so, and then also, like, being here in Cleveland, like, it's, you know, especially back then, because I'm talking about, like, maybe 09, like, yeah, 08, 09, around there, Um, like, it just wasn't a known thing, so I started, um, like, when I would go to fashion shows, and then I would, you know, I would um, work backstage at fashion shows. I would work with models. I would be like, you know, if you need a stylist for a photo shoot, like, I got you. Or I would go to photographers. So I started building relationships like that, like one on one, just putting myself out there. And, you know, um, like I said, blogging and saying, this is what a stylist does, and this is what a fashion stylist does. Oh, do you happen to need a fashion stylist for your your um, you know, your boutique fashion show that's coming up? Like, let me help style some looks for you. Or as a matter of fact, let me have a scene in that. Like <laughs> I would have to ask people, <laughs> ask people to um, you know, especially to be a part of their shows. And a lot of people would be like, like they would like me, but they wouldn't understand. Like, so you don't design and you don't sell clothes what do you like what exactly are we giving you a theme for and I would literally um just have the models bring a whole bunch of stuff no actually I would bring a whole bunch of clothes because like I said I'm a shopaholic so I have clothes in every size like I have a whole wardrobe full of show clothes ready to go and I'll tell models to bring like basic pieces you know a white shirt jeans ripped pants something like that and um And I would build outfits from whatever they had. And that's how I like, also promoted myself, what a stylist does. I work with what you have in your closet. So now you see, I styled you for this show. So listen, if you have a birthday coming up and you need a cute outfit, call me. So it was a lot of word of mouth. It was a lot of hustling, Mm -hmm. (laughs) hard, and Mm -hmm. like really... You know, I could not be my introverted. self. I had to become Lady Silk and like really put myself out there as, you know, I need this job. So hire me.
0: Right, right. Okay. So that's interesting that people didn't understand what you were just, you would think would be such a simplified term, a simple term that people would be able to understand. I'm a fashion stylist. Like, what do you mean? What does that mean? So I guess it's not as, common as you think then when you're going through through it and people will catch on right away so so now you're at the point where you're explaining to people you're doing photo shoots you're getting people to understand maybe you're starting to get a little customers out of this at any point did you think like okay i'm on the right path but i need to be doing more or was you content with like having you know word of mouth and this person tell the next person because you know some people that think if they got one they need five and they got five they need ten did you feel like you had to grow rapidly or was that was you content with just small growth until you you know got your name out there more
1: well see that's the thing I never I never like focused on one aspect of styling, so even though I might've did like um, styling for a runway show, I also worked on like a play. I styled um, some scenes for my friend's play or um, I would do like swapping shops, uh, sip and swaps where, you know, I have like a fashion workshop strictly for plus size women or I would work with a boutique and like help their customers like basically sell their merchandise to their customers, or um, even doing costume on local films, like my friend, my best friend, one of my best friends is, um, is well, she was a videographer, but she's now she's just an artist now just a fly artist. And she would just make all these, um, like independent films. And I would do costumes for that or just little small videos. And so I've always like, um, kept it moving. So I wasn't really concerned about like how fast I was going just if I'm still enjoying this do I enjoy this am I still you know am I in a place where I think this is what I want to continue to do and I did it for a good solid 10 12 years um well 10 years rather mm. but I think like during the pandemic, that was one thing that like, I sat down, I needed to slow down and it's made me think of like what direction I really want to go in now. Do I want to go back to that? Do I want to try something new? Do I want to like, so I'm still in that um, process now of like, seeing what direction I want to go in. And, um, I don't know. I don't really worry about expansion. It's like I said, it's always about, am I still happy doing this?
0: Mm. It, you sound like me. I tell people all the time, you either uh, do what you love or you get paid a lot of money to work a job. So that's how I look at things mm-hmm. like all, all the time. Um, so, okay. So mm-hmm. you're not really looking so much for expansion. You're looking for your, what you're, what you're going to be happy with doing every day. Tell me. Mm.
1: fulfillment
0: yeah mm. Mm. okay well, so different
1: things me
0: happy. so within your fulfillment i'm assuming that's how you get into other avenues like food propping and blogging and things like that so are you a person who you say you tried a bunch of different things to know what you like or you just focused on one thing and once you kind of i don't want to say hit a roadblock i mean like i'm me, not a roadblock not like you're selling but you just know that you're ready to move on to other things to keep the other one in your back pocket. Is that something like the path you think you took?
1: Yeah. Cause it's all, see, that was the thing back when I was in school, they'd be like, Oh, focus. You got to focus. You got to focus. Cause I used to be everywhere. Like I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. And I would explain it to my advisor. And I have my like my little tree branch of everything, but the focus has always been fashion and style. So anything that that branches off from that is still under my focus and even writing because i also um i'm a writer i write essays and i'm supposed to come out with a book but i ain't wrote this book yet but i i have like oh i i have like the um the outline of it and all that and it's not fashion related but it's like it's still writing so i'm always um like it seems like I'm always everywhere, but my focus is always going to be fashion and writing, cause I am. That's what I do. I do both of those. So, anything that falls under that, and you know, now I'm the. Um, one of the things I did was an art installation, um, <clears throat> during the pandemic, and it was a store. It was like a. I recreated a store window, and it was so much fun. And I think I want to do more installations I want to do more art based fashion instead of like maybe going back to the same things I was doing I don't know though because I I miss runway I miss shows I miss you know the the drama behind the shows and the all that so I don't know I'm in this this process now of figuring it out while it's still snow on the ground i got a little time but
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, you got lots of time we're probably gonna have snow till april because <laughs> yes. it came in like, like
1: a, march april right
0: it came in right. like a damn lamb so you know it's gonna go out like a lion um yeah so i agree with you that like when i work fashion i love building the set putting the set up seeing the set be finished before people get in and walk on it and be around it I love that. I love being backstage. I love making sure the show goes the way it wants to go. I have no desire to walk mm-hmm. on the runway. I have no desire to be a designer. You know, like I have a I have I do my growing desire to put on a fashion show is growing. Like, and like in the past two years, I've have wanted to put on a fashion show. Like I said, one day I'm gonna sit down with Vaughn and I'm just gonna talk to him about it because I've been doing this with him almost. Sure, i don't know almost eight or nine ten years so like at this point like i have a well vast idea how to how to do one but you know so i i completely get what you're saying like i thought i was gonna write this book and have it done by my birthday in july and uh i didn't because i'm just scatterbrained sometimes so i understand what you mean by that um so do you think you can find fulfillment and happiness in one particular area? Or do you think you need multiple things going on to be happy? Because as a blogger, I think my, my best attribute is writing. I love writing, but I know I'm better at making music and I'm getting better at doing the podcast and uh, I'm a property manager, so like I have all these things that I'm good at, but at the same time, I know my best attribute is probably writing, but I don't do it enough. So I can't say I'm great at it. So that's my passion. I want to be a writer. I want to be paid for writing. I want to be known for my writing. I don't want you to see my face. I just want you to see my writing. So my question is to you, could you be satisfied with one area of your of your passion or your, or your greatness?
1: um probably not because like, it's always been a toss-up between fashion and writing and uh-huh. i'm like you like i know i'm a really really good writer like i can read i can i know i'm a good writer i know i've you know i've written things that people have enjoyed i've been published i've you know all this but i don't do it enough like i don't know that i want to make that my um the way that i have to eat you know what i mean like i don't mm. want it to, like, I, I enjoy it but only when i'm ready to do it only when i have something to write like only when i have so when i'm ready to write something and for me like i've had jobs where I, i've done freelancing for like I, I still do a little freelancing every now and again but um i don't want to de- make that like i said depend on that but as far as like um fashion I love the hustle behind it. I love the, um, like finding that new job, finding that way to get paid. And I don't mind hustling for that, I guess. Um, so I don't know that, like, I'm I, I'm, the type, I, my brain won't let me just focus on one thing, like doing the same thing every day. That's why I cannot work an office job. Like
0: I'm trying
1: <laughs> <laughs> Like boy, like it literally, I just, used to die a little bit every time I had to go clock in so even though I'm working for like um, a company I still kind of am considered a freelancer and so everything is different every day and I I need that so I don't know I think I have to have several different interests within my interests
0: Mm.
1: um, Mm. they all fall within fashion and writing so
0: I, listen, I agree with you completely. Like I tried the whole, I'll just focus on one thing and put all my effort into it. But after a while, I'll be feeling like there's something else I should be doing. There's more I should yeah. be doing. There's something else that I'm not doing. That's my yeah. problem. Um, I sit tell my therapist all the time, like, man, I don't got no wins because nothing great of my passions have happened. And my my therapist taught me to, you should appreciate the things you do have and consider those wins because I wasn't looking at those things as wins, you know? So for me, it was always about being so strong-minded about my passions and missing out on the things that weren't my passion. And Mm -hmm. so I had to learn how to put those on the same level, same playing field, because those help build up your passion. So, and I hope one day I can sit down and finish my movie script. I hope one day I can sit down and start writing again. Cause I used to be a paid ghost writer and I shouldn't have quit, but I quit for very, I think selfish reasons, but necessary reasons. So, um, and I just never had that passion come back since then. Like I just, I can't recapture it and it's been years. So I don't know when it's going to come back, but I hope when it does, I'm able to sit down and get that out. So you know i completely understand what you're saying like you make a lot of sense like and we are in cleveland ohio and in my opinion it really isn't much here but there is still a stuff here for you can accomplish and somewhat reach the the desires that you're trying to fulfill here in cleveland ohio in my opinion
1: yeah it just and see that's the thing i had to learn too like i used to like so i'm gonna tell you i'll share with you i don't really believe in time like Mm. I don't really like I'm not I don't have no clocks in my house like I sometimes I don't know what day it is like I know that don't sound right but I don't get into that because um like you do things when you're supposed to do them Mm. and and you know I've been I'll tell you I've been writing my book for the past probably 20 years and you know it's going to be done when it's done it's it's some stuff i got to work through and you know i um sometimes you have to you have to live a little bit right like i had to um i think that's one thing one reason why blogging has helped me with my writing because i go out and do things that i normally probably wouldn't do i got in a um like a flotation device tank once like mm. just trying to just doing different stuff you know just so I could write about it and sometimes I don't even write about it I went to a um my friend had a um art installation a virtual reality art show that was amazing that blew my mind and I was able to connect it to um Virgil Blow's um last Louis Vuitton show and it was like it was amazing like the whole dreamscape experience and I actually sat down and wrote about it and that's something I hadn't done in like I don't know how long so you know I say you know you can't like you can't sometimes when you do stuff like and once it's done and you're you're over it like that's it you've experienced it it's you know you're going to find another experience to either replace that or something that's going to be greater than you know what you did in your past that's why i'm not like i've been, i feel like i've been out of the fashion world in cleveland for like three years really or two years i don't even know how, however long it's been but it's still there if i want to go back it's still there if i want to add my own little stank on it or if i want to do something different or like i said if i want to go a different avenue where it's, i'm just focused on the art of fashion So I don't really, you know, you can't really trip on like what you did in your past, you know, um, but you do have to celebrate your wins and you do have to, you know, sometimes, like I don't really use a resume, but I do write down everything that I've done. And sometimes I gotta go back and look at that to be like, okay, yeah, I I was that bitch. Like I, I did that, like on my own, you know, without no agency, without being in Cleveland, you know, all places. So, um, I don't, I don't never, I don't have no regrets. I don't have no, uh, you know, I wish I had a did this. I know because I'm moving forward and I'm always, you know, up to see what's new. I can't wait to see what's next for me.
0: Mm, okay. Well, I just, that was very refreshing because sometimes when you're going through the process of trying to figure things out and you know, sometimes you forget, like, man, I did do this. I did get this done. Like, every article that I ghostwrite, I still have it. I still have it. I can't find it nowhere That's online. Crazy. Right. I don't can't find it, these articles nowhere online, but I know I did it. So, I made a portfolio of all the things that I've written. So, Every once in a while, I apply for a writing job and send it out, and I get denied. I'm like, "All right, this is this is outdated. No one wants this. Maybe wants this type of writing anymore, or whatever." So I just be thinking about like, at some point, I just got to start writing stuff again. So I do agree with you mm-hmm. that uh, I don't believe in time either. I do believe that when it's supposed to happen for you, you you definitely need to be ready so you can, you know take on that task that you claim that you've been wanting or praying for or asking for. So I definitely agree with yeah. you that, but this is the part of my podcast where we have to talk about why it's called conversation with a cancer. Cause I am a cancer. And uh, I like to ask people, what is your experience with a cancer man or woman, whether it's child, whether it's an individual, whether it's somebody with a pronoun, uh, whatever it is, Let me know. So, oh, my gosh.
1: So, when you invited me, (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, I don't really know any kids. And so, here's the thing about me. Like, I'm a Pisces. And, like, that's all I know. Like, I'm a Pisces and my son is an Aquarius. And that's all I know about. Like, I don't really even, like, I don't really unless somebody tells me, I'm not going to know what sign they are. Like, I don't know. So I don't think anybody has ever told me that they're a cancer before Mm, that I recall. I don't know that I have had any experience with any cancers.
0: Mm. Okay. No problem. You're not the first to say that that's no big deal. I still have to ask because, you know, I am a cancer and I'm always trying to hear a cancer story. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So let's get back into it. So we talked a little bit about blogging and what it takes to to get to where you need to get and being in cleveland ohio and things of that nature so do you have any desire to have a design by silk does do you want to make your own clothes or you just like the idea of putting somebody with a fit on them
1: let me tell you uh -uh. i (laughs) used to try to like my barbie's clothes and that's (laughs) where the book stopped so that was back in the early 90s okay so no I can um I can glue, I can hot, I'm a I'm a bad bitch with a hot glue gun. Um, <laughs> I can, you know, spit some stuff together. I can like tape something together, but sitting there sewing all day, no, that's the loneliest job in the world. And it's terrible because my grandmother is um, she's 90 and she's been a seamstress all her life. And she used to try to teach me the game and I just like uh. Uh-huh. So I never, um, I have a beautiful sewing machine that has never been touched (laughs) and I've had it since I've been in fashion school and I just, yeah, but who knows, like maybe like in my, the later, 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 later part of my life, later part, maybe also, I don't know, but I can't imagine. Cause I don't even like following patterns and instructions like that. I can't read none of that stuff. I, I get frustrated beat him went out and bought something so <laughs> i don't know
0: but uh, so I can't uh, see it barbie clothes i'm pretty well i uh, let me not assume but barbie clothes was your hand even steady could you
1: <laughs> listen even in fashion school like we so i went to um the school i went to like i went for fashion merchandising but we would still have to take like design classes and stuff and my poor design teacher, he liked me so much. But he was just, <laughs> I would be trying to sew these little circles. And they would be like squares down there. And he's just be like so confused. Like, how did this happen? Like, All you have to do is follow. It doesn't matter. So I can sketch. So one of the, the, the best things I learned while in fashion school was that I don't necessarily have to ever sew anything if i want to be a creative director i can just sketch a design and have it made and you know if i wanted to have a fashion house like that or um i'm sorry a fashion brand like that which is a lot of these designers do that um then i could do that way but as far as sitting down and like making custom designs and stuff like that absolutely not i
0: ain't mad at it i can't sew nothing i don't know how i passed sewing <laughs> class in seventh grade but i did I got a C plus. I still know how to put the thread <laughs> in the needle, but that's about it. So, okay, that makes sense. A lot of people are better at styling than than actually designing themselves. So, okay. So what are some of your goals that you that you have for yourself since you have so many passions? is Do you have a mile mark? Because you said you don't believe in time. So that means whenever it happens, for you, it happens for you. But do you have a goal that you want to happen for you Sooner than later.
1: Um, I mean, I would like to finish my book eventually. <laughs> I have a lot of stories to tell, and um, I have a lot of stories to tell from just like growing up the way I did, and my whole college experience, my whole HBCU experience, and like navigating my twenties and thirties, and um, just you know, I always make sure I have fun, so. I definitely want to tell those stories and maybe not even just in book form. Maybe mm, I don't know. I, I like storytelling. I call myself a storyteller more so than a writer, because even with clothes and through fashion, I tell stories, even if I'm, you know, um with the, the some of the things that I'm doing, I you have to have some sort of narrative. It has to have a, a start, a middle, and, a, and an ending. So, I think that's just going to be my goal to just keep telling stories and making sure that they, you know, make sense and stay true to who I am. But um, as far as any other goes, they're more so private. Like, I don't okay. really make resolutions, but I do have things that I'm constantly working on, and that's throughout the year. So, those are a little personal things, but like professionally, I'm going to do what comes to me and what I come across that seems like it's going to be fine for me.
0: So I remember you had said back um, earlier about how the pandemic slowed things down for you. So are you allowing yourself to get back out here or are you you being hesitant because of the different variants and the pandemic? And basically, are you allowing what we can't control to prevent you from going as hard as you would like to go.
1: No, at first I probably was, but okay. now no, it's well, the only thing is like I said, this weather, like that's only, yeah, that's been the story. yeah, because um I'll work from home so it's literally I welcome going out. Like I'll go to the library, I'll go to Heinans, I'll you know work out at different places and so it's not, um, I'm not letting anything slow me down other than, like I said, right now, just this weather and nobody's like, there are not that many places to go right now. You know what I mean? Like I think towards the spring and summer, things will pick up and people will come out out of hibernation and there'll be more things to do. And, i'll probably have some event ready to go but i don't know yet i'm still like i said i'm i'm in the planning process like heavily heavily planning and like not just planning but like i guess editing because i have so many plans and then i just need to kind of narrow down what i want to work on in the next few months sort of thing
0: okay i could dig that that makes that makes perfect sense like i think since you don't believe in time or maybe so much of in time frames but just know that there's things that you want to finish so you're going to set your sights on that i mean writing's hard though right listen writing is hard you got when that inspiration hits you just gotta keep writing until you can't write no more so it's gonna it's gonna hit you just like it's gonna hit me so you gotta just make make your body ready your mind ready and your hands ready uh luckily we don't have to use typewriters
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah i always i write in my notes like i always have my mm-hmm. phone ready so mm-hmm. and like i i used to write on napkins and paper play, whatever is available so, um when it's when the writing move hits me i definitely i'm always ready for
0: it yeah i do that too when yeah. i think of a a joke while i'm driving i'll open up my samsung notes and i'll speak and text it into it and so i'll be driving and speaking to text and i am like oh it's not saying it right so i'm trying to fix it so i definitely do that i know exactly what you mean with that that's a real thing that is a real thing so okay so i just got like one or two more questions so you love fashion so tell me who was the first person that aspires that you saw he's like oh i like that like that like oh that The person who's wearing this or the designer who made that. Like, and who is your favorite, some of your favorite designers?
1: All right. So it's it was probably some before or after her, but nobody tops Lil' Kim for me. Like Kim was the inspiration between like Kim was the one who introduced me to high fashion. Like I was probably already reading like Vogue, but only because Like my grandmother had it. I didn't really understand everything but when Kim started rapping about Moschino and Versace and I was like wait a minute and then seeing it in our videos and like being able to see the same things that was um on the runways and in these fashion magazines and I'm seeing it in this rap video wait a minute that blew my mind so Kim really was the one for me and still to this day like my hair has been purple for the last 20 years cuz cuz of little Kim's videos. Like I Really? It, really. Like she from the day I could dye my hair myself like or found the way to um make my own wigs and all that like it was over. It was done. I could not wait. But um as far as designers so honestly fashion has become so commercial and boring it's not like preach it's not on ex- it's exciting as it used to be like when i used to fangirl i used to like queen out over alexander mcqueen i used to fangirl over um um uh lon von uh but like different fashion houses but now i'm really loving a lot of the young black designers so, so many um patimas um uh cjr like it's so many uh, so many different black designers that are making waves and like are really really good at what they're doing and mm-hmm. it's so exciting to to like be able to witness it cuz i've been a fashion girl since i was like 11 and it's it's finally I'm finally starting to see the industry catch up. I'm seeing more of me, not just on the cover, but behind the covers on the mastheads. Well, not the mastheads, but like, you know, in the editorial spots and that's, that's where you really start getting to the, um, to like the nitty gritty. Cause once we, we can tell our own stories now, you know, you, you could see black writers in Vogue, you could see black photographers, lighting Black models and and Black stylists. And, you know, so now you're getting our point of view and not just Black, um, you know, not just Blacks, but also Asians and, you know, Pacific Islanders. Like, it's so many different point of views that we're seeing in fashion now. So I'm digging more so, like, I'll always go for style over fashion. Like, you know, if you're wearing, Um, my head to toe like that's cool but let me see you put it together with something from the hair store like I want to see I want to see how it looks with these Shein shoes or like let me see you let me see an actual outfit let me see your style not just what you're wearing so I don't really even watch the runway shows like I used to but like I did say I did see the um the LV tribute and it was beautiful it was the cloth, like it was the eight-year tribute of um, of Virgil, and it was so beautifully done. The clothes, the show, the the um, composition, the music, like everything just went hand in hand, and it made me miss fashion. It made me realize, like what I missed about um, about why I got into this, the fantasy of it all, and you know, it really made me start thinking, like okay. Okay. This might have been the thing to kind of
0: boost me and give me my inspiration back. That's that's beautiful. Like my how can I say it? I'm just gonna say it how I need to say it. My perversion of seeing Lil' Kim with the little purple outfit with the one breast out with the pink with the purple pasty on the, I was like, Whoa, oh I, I don't know if this is fashion, but I need to be involved in some type of fashion. That was mind blowing to someone to think that someone would just come like that and it and it to be color code, uh I mean, it just matched. Like I can't even get my words together. I'm still, you know, little Kim <laughs> has always been forward thinking as far as how she wants to be seen, you know, as far as her mm-hmm. parents, the clothes, her hair, like she just always been here. So I, when you said that, I started thinking like, yeah, I remember the first time I saw little Kim wearing that purple, like that just, right away like she's always been like that so for me that's just crazy um I'm not really into high fashion though I like uh I'm probably gonna butcher the name is it called pronounced da Vinci or Gevinci? Givenchy Givenchy okay see what I'm saying so I, I think that's the only high fashion I like like I was going to buy something to I saw how much it cost. I said, oh, $200 for a shirt. I can't do it. No, <laughs> not me. Like, I can't do it. But eventually, I'm going to buy some because I I like. I really do like that. But they're all under the same umbrella. I just found that out last year. Like, I didn't know mm-hmm. Gucci.
1: LVMH. LVMH and Carrick, yeah.
0: I was like, oh, so y'all just, y'all keep making all of this stuff. So it's just all coming back to your bank. So that's crazy, so. You can't get away from one and one of the other ones will get you. Um, I wasn't a big Virgil follower. Like, I like his Nikes. He did his off whites, them cold. I never got a pair. I still want a pair. I'm pretty sure they're going to be really pricey now. But um, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of his designs outside of that. I think maybe it just wasn't for my my taste and my eye. But he was really great at what he did because people loved him for his designs i just saw the louis v shoes that he designed before he passed away so i'm pretty sure like people go i hope not in his death but not i mean his passing that people realize that y'all don't have to copy off of us y'all can just let us be in the field and do these beautiful things we want to do like y'all do instead of stealing from us You know, you don't have to steal from our TikToks. You don't have to steal our designs. You could just hire us. Let us be in charge. Let us run it. Let us write these orders because we can do it on a level that will be appreciated for a long time. And so I think that's something people are going to get from Virgil and his passing. that not only was he talented, but. He was someone that was needed i don't know if he broke down any walls or any barriers i know he was the first of yes. his kind to do those things for louis vuitton and be that high up in that prestige but i don't know who he lit in the door with him but i hope the door is open now so people can ensure that more virgils or people better than virgil can be in those positions
1: right well his legacy alone like he, so I'm a big, I'm not going to get into it, but I'm a big Kanye stan and like mm-hmm. every, is yeah. what I'm saying is what Virgil did is like, he's going to be in his, in fashion history books, history books, period. But right, they won't be able to deny what he's done, Um period. And as far as, you know, his designs, he's really the one who brought streetwear to the luxury sector in the way that we're seeing now, like people were doing streetwear, but it wasn't until Virgil really, like, really got into his his space. So I don't know. I think his his whole journey has been so interesting in the way he started out and like, like how he incorporated. It wasn't just fashion; it was more of like I said, the art and the the, um the music and he he really was a creative director in every sense of the word and I think in his death like more people will um will maybe read more about him and really see like why he was so great why he was you know why he was so good at what he did and how he became that and you know where he, took fashion, men's fashion especially. Um and I think like if people see this last show that I don't know it, I, I guess it depends. Like I said, I'm a I'm a fangirl of fashion. So it I'll get into the the story behind everything, the legacy from you know Louis Vuitton only, you know, starting off selling just luggages to what to to the accessories that, that Virgil put out there for the men's like is, uh, I could I could talk about it over hours. So I won't get into all that, but um, I wanted to take it back to uh, Lil' Kim's Pasty real quick. Cause that was one of my, actual, I actually blogged about that. And that was one of my top five fashion moments like ever. And the whole thing behind that was Misa, Misa Hilton. And she was Misa Hilton Brim and she was um, Kim's stylist. And like she's the reason why Kim was able to get so many other things that she was able to wear. Misa um, sourced all that, and you know she came up under P, uh, P. Diddy. Right. She's the, um, you know, she was his, his baby's mother, but more mm-hmm. more than that, she like styled for Joe to see all them, like everybody that was from Uptown to Bad Boy, mm-hmm. and so she was one of the first stylists that I knew about her and June and Bros. They were the first two stylists that I actually knew about, and so you know that was also inspiration to me. Like not just Kim, but like the people around her, because I think she was one of the first one of the first celebrities to wear Nia Battle furs, who was one of the first and only Black furriers ever. Like she was um, Black and Native American, I think, but she's from New York, and she passed in like early early two thousands, but for a minute like everybody in Hollywood was wearing her furs if you've seen any anybody in a colored fur these exuberant furs these guardry furs like they were all near battle furs and like that's that's another reason why I started blogging because it was all this stuff that we were the um that we were the trend. we trendset like and people weren't talking about it so I'm like, okay, let me give y'all the connection to New Jack Swing, to videos, to, you know, while we're doing this stuff now, let me give you the connection between the boosters, uh, what were they called, the, um, the low, the uh, low, the low lives. And while we, and while Ralph Lauren had to hire Tyson Bedford and while we, um you know, while we wear layers and why like, the connections are crazy once you like, or if you're a nerd like me, and you really right. just sit and look at everything and remember stuff and go back and research. And it's like, oh, nobody knows this stuff. I gotta tell everybody, I gotta tell everybody. So, you know, I, I just wanted to make that part because that made me think of Misa when you when you mentioned the um pasty, because that was a great moment.
0: She needed her flowers. Misa definitely needs a flower. Uh, I was just watching something mm-hmm. Where they was talking about her i said like, oh man i forgot about her because she's not a spotlight person she does her what she does and you never really see but you just you know i mean you never really hear about it but you see her things but i didn't know she was little kim stylist. see i didn't know that you just told me that so yeah. um yeah. she's dope though i wonder if she still got the blonde hair i wonder if she's still rocking the short blonde hair she has short blonde she hair do.
1: And she and do matter of fact um, she's in this um, it's a movie on Netflix right now. And in fact, it's about to go off at the end of this month. It's called The Remix. And it talks about Misa, it talks about Dapper Dan. It talks about um, it talks about um all the black like tastemakers from the 90s that that really did it. Like a lot of people don't realize Dapper Dan, he was making, he was literally making Gucci and and um Louis Vuitton and MCM stuff like clothes before they were actually making clothes like that that's why the whole Gucci controversy where um, where Alexand- Alessandro he made this um, jacket that was the direct it was a carbon copy of Dapper Dance from like in the 80s and that's why you know he ended up getting appointed to his Gucci um, standing where he still works at now but you know, the story is so interesting because he got raided because Mike Tyson got into a fight in mm-hmm. front of the store. And um I can never pronounce the name, but the, the lady who is she's somebody now, she um she was one of the ones who did the raise and like it just just goes to show you like fashion goes in the full circle. And I think Nisa also works for MCM now, or she was a creative director for MCM like maybe a year or two ago. So that's like a throwback thing that um she styled Beyonce for her video like it is like I said I could talk about it
0: hours, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. then uh I couldn't pronounce the guy name but some big fashion guy just passed away also and they were talking about all the people he styled Harry. from what was his name Muglier, Muglier, yeah, Muglier. yeah. They yeah. Would, I, look, I don't be knowing these people's names, but when they be showing like he did this, I was like, Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. So, yeah, I definitely saw a lot of his work growing up and didn't know that that was someone mm-hmm. like us that did that. So, that's I just think that's beautiful that we are hopefully in a position now where when we come to these tables, our voices are being heard because. Mm-hmm. I don't really care if we're making the best stuff or they're making the best stuff. I just want us to be able to be heard so the things that we want to make can be made. I think yeah. that's very important. I just watched that documentary on Von Dutch the other day and I was like, yeah, that- Did that you what... finish it? I did. It was, it was a crazy one. I finished it, but I was like, man, this is- I like documentaries like that stuff. I don't know. like That was a crazy documentary. And yeah,
1: I didn't make it past. I think I was looking at it for something else. I'm like, okay, am I watching a cartel or am I watching about um, <laughs> making it
0: Because they did, they did preface it like that, like you was gonna, like you were gonna go deep into it. But once they started talking about the clothes and the design and how it got took over, how this black guy, forget his name, Dag, he's the reason why it took off because he started bringing celebrities in, like rappers and R&B singers and movie stars. Having them try the gear and get the gear for free. Oh, I can't remember that black guy's name, but he's Is the reason why Steve Von Stout? Dutch. No, no, it wasn't Steve Stout. Um, uh-huh. I can't remember his name, but I will have to look it up. He's the reason it took now off. I have to watch it. You gotta f- I have wa- I have to watch You watch it. You're gonna be like, oh man. So that's that's what I'll be oh, thinking like, it'd be us and they just ignore us and then they need us and then they take off. And then, you know, so that's my whole thing, but you know. But I definitely want to thank you for coming on the podcast. We got started a little later than I wanted to today, but I'm definitely appreciative. Um, You and I got to stay in touch. I'm pretty sure at some point you and I need to sit down and just have a conversation, brainstorm. I'm pretty sure I can throw some things at you. You can throw some things at me. We probably need to work on some stuff, but that's all, you know, in in due time. But I'm just so grateful that you commented on what you commented on Twitter because... You are a very interesting person and hope I can be a helping hand going forward as far as helping you promote we need some promote or sharing something, or you know, if you got something going on, I will attend. Like I'm 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 very definitely down to help us get to where we need to get to, because you know, just come once one go up the ladder, we gotta help the next person up. We can't pull a ladder up behind I'm us. Here. So So I'm very grateful for you, Silk. And I hope that whenever your book gets finished, after 20 years of writing it, and it finally comes out, you receive all the glory and accolades that you and the hard work you put into it. Um, And I just I hope that whatever you decide to put your energy towards, it goes the way you want it to go
1: thank you i really appreciate
0: that Ah, oh, no problem no problem so um as i as i forget to say in my last in my last episode i gotta make sure i say it in this episode because it's something very dear near dear to me i always tell people drink more water and eat more chicken oh okay. oh before oh and before i let you go I'm so glad you got on the air fryer train. That's such a beautiful thing. Air fry everything you can. Don't use grease for nothing unless you're making a cake or something. You know, pour a little oil yes. on there. But, you know, air fry everything. I need to get a bigger one so I can put my turkey burgers in there at the same time.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I would like to thank you once again. And... uh we definitely gonna be talking soon because there's so much I wanna talk to you about because I I have so many more questions, but I ain't wanna keep you on here all night. So we would definitely be in touch.
1: Hey, and I'm a talker, so I would have been on here all
0: night. <laughs> 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 all right, well, thank you, Sue. All right,
1: thank all right. you, Sue. Good night.
0: Good night.